going on, everybody? Happy New Year. It will be 2019 by the time you are hearing this. And I just want to thank you for tuning in to Trail Tales, the podcast where I, Kyle O'Grady, a thru-hiker and peak-bagger, chat with other thru-hikers, peak-baggers, thru-baggers, and peak-hikers about their adventures on the trail. That made absolutely no sense, but I am super stoked to share my conversation today with Scott Goldie, trail named Pac-Man, who I had the pleasure of hiking a couple hundred miles with this past summer on my Appalachian Trail thru-hike. Now, this was a bit of a different episode. I usually prepare a number of questions for my guests, but for some reason, might have been because I was lazy and it might have been because I wanted to go for a more organic feel. It was actually because I was too lazy, but for whatever reason, I didn't prepare any questions for this chat. I was a little bit nervous going into it that we wouldn't have enough to talk about, but it actually ended up being my longest episode yet. Maybe I should just wing it more often in the future. I don't know. But anyways, Pac-Man and I chat about a lot of cool stuff. We pretty much just go through his entire 2000 mile journey, you know, state by state, and uh, just kind of talk about how he was feeling mentally, physically, as he went up the trail. Um, We also talked about some other just kind of random topics like social media use on thru-hikes and whether or not the Appalachian Trail is becoming too crowded. Like I said, we pretty much just won it, and I think it was a really good conversation. Uh, Pac-Man, when you hear this, thank you so much for coming on the show. Gonna get into the content in just a moment here, but first, everybody's favorite part of podcast introductions the part where the host awkwardly asks them to rate the show on iTunes and plugs their contact information. So that's what we're going to do. So why don't we start with contact information? You can contact me a number of different ways because I know you're just dying to contact me about this stupid podcast. That's right. Instagram and Twitter at TrailTalesPod. DM me. Tag me in something. Do hashtag TrailTales. I don't know. I'm on both those platforms, and I'd love to connect. Go give me a follow. Let's interact. Let's have some fun. Yeah, go do that. And I'm also on email, my favorite platform, and I'm really excited to say that after bugging you guys at the introduction of every single episode so far, on episode number 10 of Trail Tales, we finally have gotten an email. That's right, one singular email. I got an email from a gentleman from West Virginia. You know who you are when you hear this. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, he pretty much just uh, gave me some advice and told me he liked the show. I was uh, very much appreciative of that. So if anybody else out there wants to send me an email, please do it. TrailTalesPod at gmail.com. Hit me up. Talk some shit. I still haven't gotten any shit talk yet besides from my friends, so... Let's hear some shit talk. Come on, try to get me to quit this shit. Seriously, dig into me. I don't know. Or, or tell me you like the show. That would be cool too. Yeah, email me. Okay, next thing I want to say is if you like the show, if you've been listening to multiple episodes, or even if it's your first episode and you like what you hear, and you're just a very kind person who likes to help out strangers on the internet for absolutely no reason, you can do that. Please, please, please go on iTunes or whatever your podcast streaming platform is and leave the show a five-star review. If you do that and you also leave a little message attached, I will read it at the beginning of the next episode and give you 
all the credit in the world that you certainly deserve. So please, please do that. I really appreciate it. Helps rank the show higher, I think. I actually read online the other day that it doesn't actually help do that, but I don't know. I, I appreciate the feedback nonetheless, so I want some reviews. Please go do that. Five stars, yada, yada, yada. Okay, podcast time. Introduction is over. Let's get into my chat with Scott Goldie, trail name Pac-Man, Appalachian Trail Class of 2018. Bam! We're live. We're not really live, but we are recording. I'm here with Scott Goldie, trail name Pac-Man. What is going on, my friend? What's good? Hey, what's up, dude? How you been, man? Oh, boy. We're already getting audio mix-ups here. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm <gonna> turn that <laughs> off. To your question, I am doing pretty good. You know, just been kind of grinding, making some money since I got back from the trail. Uh, but yeah, dude, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do this uh, silly little podcast tonight. Yeah, no problem, man. I mean, uh, when you first mentioned it on the trail, I was about it, dude. I think it's a great idea to kind of just get more information out there and get some interviews going, dude. Hell yeah. So this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of episode, maybe. I'm not even sure. The reason I say that is because... I'm usually pretty thorough in my preparation for these episodes. You know, I come up with an entire list of questions, usually more questions than I even have time to get to. But tonight, I'm kind of slacking a little bit. That being said, despite the fact that I do not have a notebook in front of me, Pac-Man and I know each other pretty well. We hiked together for a good chunk of the trail. I'd say, what was it? We first met in Waynesboro, Virginia, right? Waynesboro, yeah, all the Shenandoahs and like huge section most around of, Virginia, yeah, and most of Pennsylvania as well. And oh, then that yeah, that little sure. section up in the Hundred Mile Wilderness when we kind of caught back up to each other. So Pac-Man and I know each other pretty well. So I'm kind of hoping we can just kind of wing it. I guess to start off, Pac-Man, I kind of want to start off the same way that I start every single episode off because I'm not very creative. Clearly, I kind of want to know how did you first learn about the Appalachian Trail? kind of take me through your life circumstances that kind of allowed you to take the time off to do this hike and then also you know what kind of made you want to fucking just go out into the woods for four or five six months like that's pretty crazy you know what kind of put you over the edge there yeah yeah man um i mean everybody's got their own kind of thing that brings them out there but um for me i think it was just like i needed it in my life at the time um, I was I kind of first heard about it from a friend who um, had just always been about it, had always talked about it, had, um, I don't know, kind of, I don't know, made it like sound so magical and mystical in a way that I was just like, no, this can't be real, this experience <laughs> that, you know, he'd been out there and kind of hung out and um, he came back and told me all these great stories and like how social it was and just, I don't know, the woods, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty magical place, pretty intense. But um, yeah, I think I just wanted the challenge in my life. I was coming off of like a really rough job and that kind of set me in the mood to just change, I guess, life in general and um, see what else was out there in a way, kind of test myself. Um, I was feeling just like bunkered down in life, man, like everybody gets to. And um, I, I just needed that escape. I think and it came up in my circle of friends again and I was just like yeah 
that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's Sign what me I up. Do about. Yeah. So um, I think I just kind of like decided about six months before I actually went out there. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it was just kind of like a right time, right place sort of thing. Like I knew I would want to do it like within the next two years. And then, um, yeah, everything lined up and I've been collecting gear. And I was just like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of what led me out there, man, in the first place. And, um, uh, you know, actually, um, let me bring it back a little bit. About a year sure. before I w- ended up starting the trail, uh, the summer before, I actually went on a little test run for about 10 days uh, with my friend. And it is it was really ridiculous because I didn't know what the hell we were doing. I think I was wearing cotton <laughs> clothing, like all the wrong gear. Like I think we took ten days to get to mountain crossing. Like uh, ten that, days <laughs> to do thirty miles. Thirty miles. <laughs> so we were just like cruising, dude. Like, I think some days we would hit like three miles and be like, "Yeah, this place looks like a great spot." And so, dude, honestly nice. though, like I've done like some really like slow trips like that before. I don't know about ten days of not that many miles but you know four or five days at a time where we're only going you know 10 or less miles a day and honestly like those are some of my favorite hikes like sometimes like i like the grind of a through hike for sure you know just kind of busting out the miles and stuff but it is kind of nice to just take it easy sometimes especially uh when you don't have as much backpacking experience like it sounds like was your circumstance at the time yeah exactly man like honestly that was really my first like legit trip uh i done day hiking and like camping and stuff like that throughout my life but nothing as extreme as like a continual walk in the woods and needing all your gear with you so that that little trip actually like set the vibe perfectly like honestly i think i fell in love with the trail in that moment yeah (laughs) even more so than when i went out there the second time um but yeah it really just like put everything into perspective and uh, that, I think this was, yeah, 2017. So, um, I met like a lot of good people and like a lot of people going on there through hikes. Yeah. So it was just so inspiring to see these people that were like on the beginning of their own journey and they're about to do six months out there. I'm like, man, I'm doing 10 days and 30 miles. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, after that, like, I just got addicted to it, man. Like it was, it was the only thing I could think of. I was on every Appalachian website you could do looking at all the photos, just like kind of obsessed with it. And yeah, the moment that I had uh, the time, I was like, screw it, I'm going in the woods. <laughs> like, I just kind of like left. And a lot of my friends and family, like, I think they hit them by surprise in a way, probably like a lot of people where they don't think you're exactly serious about it until you're like going out yeah. there. Like, really, you're going to live in the woods for six months? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Like, I, I tried not to like talk about it that much with my friends because I was at school still I, I was on Springer Mountain two days after I graduated uh, from college so I was still well. like around all my friends I was in a fraternity so like just a huge like social group and I pretty much just kept my mouth shut about it because I was like first of all they probably don't really care and second of all they probably just would think I'm crazy like they know I'm into hiking so maybe they would give me some credibility but I just yeah I, I, I kind of uh, can feel you in that regard um, as far as like the reaction of like friends and family and stuff so that's actually a question that popped into my head, like as you were talking there. So you said your your friends and family didn't really take you seriously. Did you have any like, I don't know, like funny reactions from anybody when you told them you were gonna do that? Like, what were like people saying to you usually when you uh, told them your plans and stuff? 
Uh, I mean, I think it was just more shocking than anything, like the whole six months in the woods and walking the United States in the backwoods, like the whole idea of it, I think was the so shocking to anybody, like nobody thought I was going to do it. I Not in a way that they like doubted me, in a way that it was just like, it sounded so absurd. They just like can't even process <laughs> it. Right, right. It's just like too much. And then, you know, you start maybe talking about the details and they're like, what, there's bears out there and how do you get food? And like, where's your water? <laughs> it's like the basics for us, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's so hard to like, I don't know, describe the details of something you're going into like that. And so, it, yeah, after a while it was just kind of like this, all right, we'll see you in a couple of weeks thing. And then I think once I got out there, they didn't see me and then like a month went by and it was just like, all right, I guess, you're doing this. I got a bunch of like <laughs> texts and emails and calls and they're just like, are you really still out there? You're not like hiding in like wow. some motel somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Too ashamed to come out. Right, that right. You failed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it worked. And then um, I think that was about the time people really got on board. Um, people started following my Instagram that I had and just like, I had a, a like a little GPS tracker and people got on board and I was sh- like surprised more than anything with all the support, man. Like, People were about it, and like yeah. I think once they saw like how serious it was, like I right, I guess uh, Pac-Man's living in the woods. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I kind of experienced something similar uh, just from posting on my Instagram and stuff. You know, I posted pictures now and then, but I really posted a lot on my Instagram story. Like probably I want to say almost every day, maybe uh, quite a bit. And I was kind of surprised at the amount of people that kind of reached out to me at the beginning, especially after like my first uh, story I posted, like on top of spring, I was like, okay, here I am. I'm about to hike like 2000 miles. Like wish me luck. Like you could tell just on my face, I was just terrified. And anyways, I was kind of surprised at how many people just like reached out to me, you know, close friends and even, you know, just some kind of acquaintances I've, I've made over the years that I hadn't really kept in touch with very closely that, you know, reached out and were like, yo, good luck. Like, this is pretty dope. So it was cool. It was cool to kind of feel some support back home in a ways. Yeah. I mean, dude, I think once like, yeah, it clicks with most people um, and your friends and family, it's just like, once they really realize what you're about, then I, I just felt, yeah, you just get so much support out of that. And it's really, I don't know, it, it helps out there, honestly. Oh, um, yeah. It's so huge much. For sure. <laughs> it's like, I can't really imagine what it would be like to, through hike like before like technology i guess <laughs> sound like such a millennial saying that but like <laughs> can you imagine just going out in the woods and like i don't know like the 70s or the 80s or something before cell phones certainly and you know just not being able to contact anybody except for i guess you could make a phone call when you're in town but you know certainly not sharing it with you know anybody outside of your immediate friends and family you know anybody you can just kind of make a call to and Oh, geez, I was going somewhere with that Pac-Man. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. See, this happens every single time. <laughs> no, I'm good, oh, man. That, that sounded so good, too. No. It's um, it. You want to take it back, man? Go for it. Oh, what, what was I saying? I, I got distracted by my... I, I was, like, picturing, like, a payphone or some shit. I don't even know. Um, I think, like, being a different hike, like, in the 70s, like... Honestly, it would be. It would be a completely different hike, the experience. Not being able... That's where I was going. <laughs> not being able to share it with people... You know, and not having, I mean, I'm sure you'd have friends and family supporting you, but, you know, not having words on a screen that people sent you five minutes ago, you know, wishing you luck and that sort of like immediate support, I guess, uh, that would, 
That would be that would be interesting because I know for me and it sounds like for yourself as well that was like definitely a big encouragement I guess was just knowing that if I like don't make it all the way and have to like share with my friends and family on Instagram this sounds so pathetic but like if I have to like tell everybody I didn't make it and like didn't accomplish my goal I would have kind of felt like a little bit of a chump so I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it holds you to something. I mean, you're out there for yourself and you're out there for your individual right. goals and everything, but it does help when you're like, you think about that. It's like, All right, I could go home, but I also have to <laughs> face that shame in yeah. a way or whatever that means to you. It might not be shame. Maybe you accomplished what you needed out there, but I know that is what I felt like. And it, and it set me to a standard of just like, like I said, I was going to do this. I would boasted about it. I told everybody I knew so that it would kind of hold me to it. And I think it yeah. really did help. Like you're thinking about it out there and it's that, it's that crappy day when it's raining and it's cold and you're wet and you're miserable and you're hungry and you're just like, I could go home, but I don't want to face those people if I do. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely good encouragement. Yeah. That, especially at the beginning, that's something that I, I kind of worried about a lot. Like, like I said, I got up on Springer that very first uh, night and, you know, I basically announced to the world my Instagram is uh, public, so anybody could see it in theory. Not that that many people see it because no one really cares. But, you know, I, I announced to the world. I was like, yeah, I'm about to do this. Like, people got to hold me to it, I guess. And <laughs> at the beginning, say for the first month or so, that was a huge, huge piece of encouragement for me. It actually made me kind of anxious sometimes just thinking about it. I was like... Oh man, like I was like thinking of like specific people, like oh so and so is gonna give me so much shit if I like I can't finish this trail. Like I don't know, <laughs> it's it's definitely a big um motivating factor I'll say. So because I'm totally winging this interview, a subject just popped into my head. It's something I haven't really covered too much, so I think I'm gonna throw it out there and see if we can uh, chat about it for a few minutes here. Yeah. That subject is social media and technology on the trail. Now, this is something that's kind of controversial, and I say kind of because I feel like it was more controversial in years past, and today it's kind of more accepted that people are just going to use their phones on the trail. I mean, there's gut hooks, the app, the navigation app, obviously that a ton of thru-hikers use and rely on, but... I feel like when I was like first kind of learning about backpacking and hiking, one of like the like the courtesy rules that people would say was that it's rude to be on your cell phone like while you're around other people in the woods. And that's like just such a foreign concept nowadays. Like no one gives a shit if you're on your phone, I feel like. But I don't know. I guess it's a general question. Like what are some of your thoughts about, you know, people using social media and technology, whether it be cell phones or whatever on the trail? Um, yeah, man. I mean, honestly, I think it um, enhances the experience, but also coming from a person who has grown up and lived with technology. Right, right. Um, but really, in a way, like, I mean, I, I didn't have gut hooks, so I can't really speak on that. But I know a lot of people around me had it. And it was phenomenal. Like it'd be hard, well, maybe not hard, but it'd be more difficult to get lost and lose your way with yeah. something like that. And just like the comments alone in the community just helped enhance the experience. Like you might find a stealth spot or a cool hostel that you never would know about if you didn't have that community kind of backing you. So I think in the community sense, it really helped a lot to just enhance the hike and even like the Facebook pages and the class of 18, um, kind of, yeah, Facebook page and stuff. It just had so much information and like 
such a live feed to what was going on, whether it be weather or safety related or just, you know, anything, anything could be you lost your trail family and you need to roll up on them. So like it, it was so useful and that was just like from a helpful standpoint, but then like Instagram, Pac-Man, you're uh, cutting out right now. What's that? Uh, you just cut out for a second. Oh, um, cool, cool. I heard you say half of the word Instagram, and then I lost everything after that. Do you want to just uh, start there? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, so honestly, like before I even went on this trip, I didn't even have an Instagram account. And it was more just so that I could feel like I was logging the journey in a way yeah. through photos. Like pr- mostly for myself, so I could look back on it. But it kind of just... I don't know, it became helpful out there in this way of staying connected to the outside world. And even if it was just like um, a fellow hiker or even somebody back in it within my world, it was just like a like for a photo helps so much or a small comment. So I think in terms of morale, like that really set things apart for me and it just helped to stay connected, but not in a overly aggressive way. Like yeah. It wasn't like I was texting home or like sending emails every day. It was just very casual and like, People could kind of follow my progress and be like, oh, cool, you know, like, that's the mile marker he's passed or, you know, he's in this state. So it was just a lot, like, of a chiller kind of connection. And I think showing the world what you're seeing in a way helped a lot, too, because, like, you get to kind of critique and um, categorize, like, what you're showing. And there's so much to show. So it kind of helped me focus a lot on, like, what the trip was for me in a weird way like i don't know that might be too detailed (laughs) no that makes a lot of sense that's honestly something i haven't really thought about i guess um if i I assume people post like their best stuff on social media so it kind of helps you i guess just solidify like what some of your favorite parts of the trail are you know just based on what you post on instagram that's that's kind of interesting i never really thought about that honestly yeah man honestly like i kind of look back on that account and just scroll through the photos when i'm like feeling the trail and uh it's just like a perfect capture of like the experience and yeah man it's just like this awesome photo book of the journey but yeah i mean Honestly, yeah, it just helped so much. And it would, it kind of like, I would almost go out of my way to like <laughs> go to a certain vistas or views or a particular mountain or like maybe get up early for a sunset shot and not like necessarily just for the Instagram, but like it kind of helped promote like myself and like what I wanted to see out there. And like, I knew that I had things I wanted to check off and on my journey. And that was kind of part of it. Just, um, I don't know, experiencing those beautiful moments. And yeah, I happen to get them on film every once in a while. So that, you know, just icing on the cake. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely in the camp of like pro social media and technology on the trail. As I think, as I said a few minutes ago, most people are these days. That being said, I do feel like there are some downsides. I mean, I think a popular argument for that would be, oh, that it just kind of takes you out of the moment. Maybe you're, you know, you're too busy looking at your phone to enjoy like the experience or the moment or whatever. Um, which I think is a fair point, I guess. I I don't really, at least for myself, I don't really think it took away from, uh, my experience that much at all. I I don't think there was ever a time where I was like buried in my phone. Then, then I looked back on it and I was like, oh yeah, I wish I had put my phone away there. That being said, there is another argument which I think has a decent amount of credibility 
uh, kind of against social media and technology on the trail. And I kind of want to know if anybody listening to this has any thoughts on this. I kind of want to know. Um, send me an email or contact me, whatever. I say all that stuff at the beginning of the episode. You know where to find it. And that is that social media and even I would even just say Instagram and YouTube in particular kind of do drive a lot of people onto the trail that might not have gone otherwise and might not necessarily be fit to be on the trail, I guess. I'm treading lightly here because at the end of the day, I do kind of disagree with this argument, but I'm just trying to kind of put it out there. The trail, the Appalachian Trail and the PCT in particular are becoming a lot more popular and crowded nowadays than they ever have been. I mean, if you look at the numbers, I don't have them off the top of my head, but I know that it's a rapid growth uh, throughout the past couple of years, as in there's like a significant more amount of people that started the Appalachian Trail this year in 2018 compared to even like 2014 and 2015. I mean, the numbers are just growing pretty fast and I don't know about you, Pac-Man, but there definitely were times on my hike where I felt like the trail was a little bit too crowded. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to say too crowded, but there was just maybe more people than I would have liked uh, at the time. I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on? I guess kind of just the trail becoming a little bit overcrowded and maybe kind of relating that back to social media or whatever. Yeah. No. I mean, I think you have a good point, man, because there's definitely like a balance that you want as a through hiker out there and maybe that you hope for and um sometimes yeah when you go on youtube and you're looking at appalachian trail photos or videos sometimes they run the risk of like glorifying it or making it sound maybe they don't they don't describe all the hard work on a daily grind as it would be but um you definitely run that risk of oversaturation and there were quite a few i mean not quite a few but there were a couple times where i definitely felt that Mm-hmm. Um, probably just like everybody else, more so in the beginning, just because, you know, it's like a rat race in the beginning, yeah, for like the yeah. 30 or 40 miles and people are falling on, in and out and, um, you just feel really crowded. But honestly, like I felt like it kind of worked itself out, especially like right around when you're going into Virginia, like you're, I feel like you're pretty much out there or you're not like. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was kind of something for me, it was definitely like a beginning phase thing. And as things kind of like, um, you know, mellowed out and people fell off the trail or decided that they were going to do it. Um, I think that's when it was like the problem kind of left me at least, I mean, other than the more maybe touristy spots where you run back into civilization yeah, yeah. and Day it's just hikers like, and yeah, hikers weekends or whatever. Right. And like, that can be a little overwhelming sometimes. I remember having a moment on Greylock, like way at the end up in, uh, was that Massachusetts? Yeah, it was right, just like, right at the end of Mass. Yeah, it was just like way too many people around just for like, I don't know, the feeling of the trail. And it just felt so, it felt like what I was trying to escape from in a way. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I kind of just bounced out of there real quick. I think it was just like, I was so turned off by like, why is the trail going through like such a socialized populated sort of spot but mm-hmm. i mean that was just probably my hiking but yeah honestly i think it's i think it's a good thing like i think if the information is going to be put out there through technology like youtube then i think people just need to be honest and if you're not honest about what it's like to be out there then you are going to get the people that you know show up day one and are unprepared and like don't know what they're getting into that's fine like you know they'll they'll uh, figure out whether they want to be out there or not but it definitely like I feel that like 
almost pressure of like more and more people were going to be out there. And it wasn't this year, like the most that there ever it's has gone been. up every single year and I'm sure it'll go up next year as well. Yeah. So it's just like, it's kind of crazy. Cause you think about all the trail maintenance and like what people do to like make sure that trail survives and you just yep. add people to it. And there's definitely like a balance where it'll probably reach a point where it's like, all right, man, like we can't let that many people go out there at once. Like you got to probably sign up per year or something. Do the I mean, permit thing like they do on the PCT, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know exactly where I stand in that argument. Probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, if I'm being honest. Because, like, I know that a lot of those YouTube videos and those photos inspired me to get out there. So, I don't want to oh, be absolutely. completely against it. But at the same time, I think you want to have a nice balance there. But, yeah, I, overall, I think technology in the trail is positive. Uh, I hope it doesn't go too far overboard maybe that would be my concern no no drones doing resupplies in the middle of the 100 mile wilderness hopefully <laughs> oh hopefully not man. I mean, that yeah. would be that would be like insane don't get me wrong but yeah that might that might take away from the experience a little bit more than just kind of playing on your phone every now and then or or posting on instagram i don't know the trail being overcrowded thing is a, it's a tricky subject for me because like I said earlier, there's definitely been times where I wished that maybe there was a little bit uh, less people out there, I guess. But at the same time, it's pretty hypocritical to say that, honestly, because like, why should I be more entitled to this trail than anybody else? You know, well, just because I've hiked more than some people that, that, you know, that doesn't make me more entitled to be out there. And that's definitely a pretty good, uh, I guess, counter argument to the whole, oh, the trails becoming overcrowded thing. And I, I think one of the other, I guess, main arguments, uh, I guess, for, you know, not limiting the amount of people that can be on the trail and not being upset about the uh, overcrowdedness is just the fact that the more people that are aware of the Appalachian Trail and, I guess, invested in the Appalachian Trail, and I, sh I shouldn't even just say the AT, you know, all these different long distance backpacking trails, um, the more people that are invested in those, the more people that are going to be willing to, you know, help out, help conserve those trails, do trail maintenance even, and just kind of support the trail community in general. So I don't know. It's it's a tricky argument for sure. We could probably do a whole episode on just that, but I think I'm going to spare everybody from uh, hearing me ramble about this anymore. So why don't we get into your Appalachian Trail hike a little bit more, Pac-Man. So like I said, we don't really have any plan here. Uh, we just kind of briefly chatted before we started recording about just kind of going through the entire trail, you know, just kind of state by state, I guess, and just kind of talk about each state and, and maybe some of your experiences in them. So why don't we start by placing you all the way back on top of Springer Mountain? I know that's maybe a daunting thought, but, you know, take me back to day one, you know, what's going through your head or even, you know, your first couple days. I guess just like, how did you fare at the very beginning? Um, yeah, man. All right. I'll take it all the way back. Actually, let me take it back one step further because sure. I did the, um, I did the approach trail and that honestly was when it really hit me, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like I didn't even make it to Springer my first day out there. I kind of got like a late start at Amicola Falls and yeah, it just didn't start the way I imagined it. It was just pouring rain. That's like, always a good way to start. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm leaving like late afternoon and I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna make it to that first shelter. That can't be that hard. And I don't know, I think it's just like the shock of it. Like I was so hyped up on the adrenaline that it got me through that. 
But by the end of the day, man, I, I think I rolled into camp as the sun was setting. I was destroyed. <laughs> I like I didn't even eat any food. I just barely put up my tent and just passed out. And I was just like, man, uh, you know, I started having some doubts, but I was like, all right, you know, that's day one. Like, we'll see how it is in the morning. Yeah. Woke up in the morning and it's snow everywhere. Oh, <laughs> I'm shit. Like, what, what, um, what day did you start? I started on the 15th of April. Of April, so, okay. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, it was kind of like I woke up that next morning and I would be lying if I said I didn't have thoughts of ending it there. I mean, right. it was kind of just eye-opening. It was just like, all right, you know, like these might be some of the tougher days to start with. But at the same time, like it showed me what the trail was going to be. I didn't hide any of the bad experiences. No. Not even the bad, but the toughness of it. So I think going in, I kind of got a feel for just, um, I don't know how tough it could be potentially. But honestly, it was way easier after that. Uh, I think the next day when I did finally make it to Springer and it was just covered in snow, it really hit me then, man. Like I was like, yes, like this is what I'm out here for. Um, I want to fucking do this, man. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. It's just like... That's when it nailed, yeah, it just, um, that's really, the attitude you got to have right from the beginning, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, I didn't know anybody going out there. I went solo, like a lot of people and, um, you know, you meet the people in the beginning, sort of a few, few familiar faces, but like, at least for me, I didn't really make that connection until a little bit later on with any other hikers. So like, I was going very solo for, um, maybe a couple of weeks and, um, that was fine. Like, honestly, I went out there <laughs> thinking it was going to be like the most classical sense of like going into the backwoods and hiking. Like, I didn't think I'd see people for days. I didn't even think about the social connection. <laughs> yeah. Like right I after we gonna... <laughs> finished talking about the trail being overcrowded. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Man. It's like, so like, I guess I never thought about that aspect of it, the social end of it. Like I thought it was going to be very isolating and very kind of like, um, like inner development in a way. Yeah. And um, like instantly that, that reality was shattered for me. Like, I mean, you were out there, man. Like the, the beginning is so intense. There's so many people, like every camp is full, every shelter. So um, I, after one, after a amount of time, I just kind of, yeah, you, you, you get into those kind of same familiar faces and you see them at the camp site and you just kind of start to bond with people. And um, yeah, honestly, like the very beginning, like um, Georgia, um, I, like, honestly, I, I kind of didn't give a shit about the beginning because I had done that first 30 miles. Yeah, yeah. I was bored with it, honestly. Like, I did it way faster than the 10 days uh, previously. Right, right. But I was just, like, ready for something new. And I was almost, it was almost, like, a little hard just because I was like, all right, I'm out here for new adventures, new excitement and experiences. And I didn't get that in the first handful of days. And I, I, I don't know, it like kind of ruined a little bit of the morale in a weird way. But as soon as I crossed that threshold of like far, like one step farther than I'd ever been, yeah, like everything like was renewed. Like I fell instantly in love with the trail again. And it was like, all right, this is what it's about. And yeah, man, like, so um, Georgia was like, it was, it was good. It was like the time you needed to kind of adjust to the lifestyle and the trail. And like, I think, you know, that's about the time that I started like, actually eating like a hiker and like feeling like a hiker and you get over that idea, like you start shaking off those social norms of like not showering, not like yeah. having clean clothes and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, <I love laughs> just being that. out there. No, it's true. I and, know, uh, it is true. But um, 
yeah, after Georgia, man, like, I think it really, like, the next chapter for me was kind of the Smokies. And I think it was about, like, that time when I made it to Fontana Dam. And the place was just packed, and there's tons of hikers. And I think I really felt it right then. Like, I was a part of that culture and a part of that, like, mentality. It's just, like, everybody was gearing up for this, like, the first real challenge of the Nobo hiker. And... Everybody was excited but nervous to go into our big mountain range. And um, I don't know, just making it that far and getting through the Smokies felt like such like a like you know challenge marked off the list. And Yeah, it did. Once you get past that, it was just like, all right, you know, like I can probably do the rest of this. I mean, in a dumb kind of foolish way to compare everything to this, the Smokies. But it was just a good like litmus test almost like. Uh, yeah, I just felt a lot more confident in my ability because like going out there, dude, honestly, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like I said, <laughs> first hiking, like I kind of like, I know uh, you've probably already done an episode of gear, but honestly, like I kind of just checked off the list of like the essential 10, but never researched anything, never like got the right <laughs> gear. It was just about getting like that item. So I was just like, I don't know. It, it, I, I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, like most people, but um, I, like my name being Pac-Man, I got that honestly because of the giant pack, and I carried, <laughs> I think, 60 pounds in the beginning when oh, I started. Dude. It was ridiculous. It's so funny. It's funny. Every single year, tons and tons and tons of people do that, and <laughs> I'm sure next year it'll be the same way. I, I think that's so funny. Oh, no doubt, man. And it's just like, I don't know, you, you get people to help you out, a hostel here or a shakedown from another hiker friend, and it's just like your eyes, like you're awakened to this reality of like, yeah, I don't need those other items. Or what was I thinking? And just like by the end of this, you're like, you've got 30-something items in your pack, and you wish you didn't, you had 20, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sorry about that little tangent. But yeah, man, oh, no, like, good, honestly, um, I think that like going through the smoking and surviving that, and then honestly, like, that was where I kind of found a lot of like trail friends and like started somewhat of a trail family and like really felt connected to the social end of the um, yeah. spectrum. And I think it had to do a lot with being forced to stay in those shelters in the Smokies. Which, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, honestly, because everybody was so packed in and it was almost like forced to be social, but like in a really good way, like get out of your shell and kind of like start um, bonding with people who are going through the same experiences as you. So I think that helped a lot in a way, like, don't get me wrong. Like I hated it going into the smoke. like, why am I having to stay in these shelters? Like I'm a tent. Dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I complained about it quite a bit as well. Cause I was like hammock for life, but you know, got right. The, honestly, it rained the entire time I was in the smokies. So I probably would have stayed in the shelters anyways. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, dude, that, that cannot have been fun. I know the, the smokies are like a huge milestone. I remember, uh, Mullet Mike and I at the time when we made it to the Smokies we were like so stoked I was like yes the epic Smokies a national park like this is such like a like a famous part on the trail and we were kind of talking about it and we were like yeah like I can't believe we made it all the way to the Smokies like we're already in the Smokies and then for the rest of the trail after that we kind of looked back on that conversation and just kind of like mocked ourselves we were like oh yeah dude remember we made it to the smokies like that was so sick as we're in like new hampshire you know like after almost 2000 miles of hiking so i don't know it it is a a very big um milestone making it to not even to i guess making it through and out of the smokies as well like i know i kind of i kind of felt like rejuvenated i guess uh walking into standing bear hostel being like okay 
Smokies are behind me. Like, what's next? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I mean, I feel like I had that moment too. Um, I think it was in Hot Springs, just like right after Stainberry. Oh yeah, but that's that's a that's a big milestone as well for sure. It was in in a way of just kind of like, like coming out of the Smokies and coming out of this this mountain, this challenge that you just conquered, and then you get down to this town and you stay in these hostels and you start seeing familiar faces and you see the people that made it through and it's just like that's that moment where it's like, all right, I'm a part of this community. Like I made it, like I've earned my spot so far in this, yeah. this you know, this hike. And, and yeah, it just, it just really connected for me then. And like, I think that's when, yeah, I started really just, um, hiking with other people. And, um, like I, I was very solo before then. So I, I don't think I'd even hiked a full day with anybody at that point. And everything kind of just changed. And, yeah, man. I mean, it was just something I kind of started really enjoying was just, I don't know, bonding with somebody who's going through this with you. You think you're so alone out there sometimes, but you're really not. And that makes all the difference. Oh, yeah. We could we could do an entire episode on just the social dynamic of, of through hiking. It's something I've definitely talked about with other guests as well. But I mean, it's just such a integral part of a through hike, at least on the Appalachian Trail. It's, it's a, such an important part of that experience. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely important. So, kind of going back to Hot Springs because it's kind of weird because the Smokies and Hot Springs are relatively close to each other, but I feel like they are kind of like two separate milestones nonetheless. I know I was like really stoked when I made it to Hot Springs because Hot Springs, I believe in 2018 was about 274 miles into the trail. And the furthest I had hiked before I made it to Hot Springs was about 273 miles. So at that point, I was kind of like, okay, this is like my longest hike ever now. Like, I just got to, you know, keep grinding. So I don't know. That was that was definitely a uh, an important milestone for me, I guess. And it was also the spot where I took my first zero. So that was pretty nice, too. Just kind of chilling out a little bit. But um, going forward from Hot Springs, I'm trying to think... What would be like the next big milestone after Hot Springs? I mean, I know there's Damascus, but I'm trying to think if there's anything like between Hot Springs and Damascus that's like super, super noteworthy, I guess. Um, you know, honestly, what, what was the? I was grinding. Like, I kind of picked it up after the Smokies, so like that's kind of it's kind of a blur. Uh, sorry, what yeah. were you gonna say? Oh no, where was, was the Grayson Highlands before Damascus? That's after. This like just after, after okay. Damascus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should, I should, I should have brought my A wall guide so I could just kind of flip through that real quick and see. Right. Uh, oh, dude, it's such a blur. I, I feel like such an idiot. So Hot Springs is like along the. Oh, okay. I, I know the um the Rowan Highlands. That's a that's a pretty good spot. How was um how was going through there? Um, I mean, I think it was really like I enjoyed it a lot, honestly, especially because I feel like that was the first time you kind of got that bald mountainy feel in a way that's just like, you're not suffocated in a trees or in the forest. Like you really get the sense of like the vastness of where you're at. And, um, honestly, like I got hit with a ton of rain right around Oh, that's there. a bummer. And, um, it, it, it actually turned out fine. Cause it was like right before 
like Roan Mountain. And I think um, it was just like one of the most miserable days probably out there where it's just like you're, you're hiking up a mountain and it's pouring rain and you're hiking down, it's pouring rain, ankle deep, mudslides and stuff. And, you know, I, one of the other hikers I was with, um, No Chill, he was like, this is like our Vietnam out here. This is, <laughs> we get through this and we'll be fine for the rest of the trip. And, yeah. you know, I think that really hit, man. Like, um, yeah, just like going through such like a, like everybody has that like rain the nature and the elements man but that was the first kind of test for me was right around roan mountain and just living in rain for days and days and um yeah like uh but it was great because like i think that was right around the time that it cleared up so like i actually got to roan mountain like the day it cleared up it was beautiful it was, it was that it was such great. a nice like, spot yeah so amazing clear skies and everything so it like really woke me out of this like maybe the more gloomy side of an experience that like my first kind of like downer moment of just like, you know, everything, you're still moving forward. You're still making your progress, but like, it's just kind of miserable days. Kind of grinding. Um, yeah. Yeah. And once you get through that, like you feel so, like you said, rejuvenated, man, like you feel good and you're like, all right, you know, like I survived that. It's not going to be every day like that. So you feel empowered, I think. Yeah. So Roan Mountain was pretty cool not only just for what it was, but just like the timing of the trip and yeah. yeah, man. And then like, honestly, after that, like Grayson Highlands, like probably the best day I ever had on the trail was in the Grayson Highlands, like right when you hit 500 miles and I don't know, I just felt you're North of Damascus at that point, which is again, Damascus is a huge milestone. I mean, another one of those towns that the trail just goes right through it's like it's kind of like the unofficial like quarter ish way kind of point yeah yeah and um yeah coming out of damascus like that was a really cool town just because you felt like the town backed you so much trail like, town like, usa it says trail. it right on the side of that building there <laughs> exactly like they couldn't have nailed it anymore man like everybody <laughs> in that town is about the trail that <laughs> is the amazing. economy of the trail it's so funny exactly or, uh, <laughs> the trail is the economy of the town rather is what i Meant to say. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, not every town you go through is about the trail, even if they're right on it. Um, you know, like sometimes, you know, there's the town's more about something else and that's fine. But like yeah. Damascus, I felt really welcome there and just the culture and everything. Um, yeah, I love that spot. But yeah, um, going out there. Yeah. And then hitting Grayson Highlands and just like, man, that is just such a beautiful spot. And I think I just felt like hitting 500 was mind-blowing to me and like i know each 100 miles and each big like trail mile milestone <laughs> it like feels so significant it does as yeah. you hit it but like that was the first one where it was like holy shit 500 fucking That's, miles. <laughs> yeah you're like just about a quarter of the way like like you walked 500 miles and now you're gonna walk 500 more <laughs> exactly yes you get my reference oh yeah <laughs> Um, no, no. I mean, honestly, man, like, um, that like just hit home so much. And I think I felt like, I don't know, man, like, I, I think that was kind of the time that I started forgetting about this past life, like this life that you lived outside yeah. the trail. And you, like, I really started to feel like You're this definitely is all I settled in by the time you make it to Damascus, I would say, at least most people's experiences for my understanding, I guess kind of going north from Damascus. So now you're in Virginia, right? So Virginia is the longest state on the whole trail. I'm sure everybody knows about the Virginia blues, you know, just kind of 
feeling like you're not making as much progress in Virginia due to some of the terrain, I guess, just being like kind of similar, which I don't necessarily think is true. I thought there was quite a bit of diversity in the in the scenery of Virginia, but I, I can also understand how people kind of get sucked in on the green tunnel thing. And then, of course, just the fact that Virginia is so long, you know, 550 miles, I believe, uh, by far the longest state on the trail. And it's kind of tough to feel like you're making progress when you've been in Virginia for, you know, a month or longer. You haven't crossed any state lines, you know, something that is pretty uh, integral, I guess, to feeling success- successful uh, while you're through hiking the Appalachian Trail. So kind of take me through, I guess, southern to central Virginia. So say north of the Grayson Highlands, you know, up to maybe like Shenandoah, like uh, between Grayson Highlands and Shenandoah. Yeah, okay. Um, if you can remember, I can't even remember, like what the hell was even through there, honestly. <laughs> no, no, honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's a little hard, but like, um, going back to the, like the Virginia Blues, honestly, man, like, you know, you read about it, you hear about it before you go out there. And I kind of mocked it, honestly. I was like, how could anybody be, you know, have the blues and be sad while they're out here? I just, I didn't think it was possible. And um, it did eventually hit me actually, but in a bit of a different way, um, right around Dragon's Tooth, don't remember exactly where that was at, but I think it was right before the Shandoas. I know it's pretty close to McAfee Knob as well, so I'm trying to think what was the town around there, uh, Daleville-ish area, maybe Daleville. a little bit south of Daleville, I think. Yeah, yeah, and um, that kind of uh, honestly, right around there, kind of changed the entirety of my hike. Um, so like I was, um, so I nail. I've been rolling with a good trail family the whole time, great crew, and right as we hit um dragon's tooth i'm kind of i don't know if you remember but that descent down the dragon's tooth was yeah. probably one of the gnarliest descents we'd come that across was that gnarly day. i remember you telling me this story actually but i want to hear it again <laughs> yeah yeah dude and so like i'm just cruising and like get through all like the harder parts and like the rebar and the wall and you're like all right this is new but like no problem and you're rolling down that and I could literally see the trail. I'm on the final part of like the rocky section and I see where it just turns back into like dirt. And I just took the wrong step and tripped myself, like mm-hmm. got too excited and fell about two or three feet, like straight down onto both my knees. Uh. Kind of, oh, it was just brutal, man. Like instantly just like, yeah, I don't know. In those like few half seconds, I was like, I'm done. Like that's it. I just blew out both my knees. <laughs> like how am I yeah. going to keep going? Fuck, dude. And I'm like cringing just thinking about that. Oh yeah, it was brutal. Cause I mean, like every hiker knows the yeah the knees, man. They're they're such a crucial part. And um, yeah, I just destroyed them. And luckily, I was hiking with some friends and. Um, I, it was kind of a, it was a bit of a scary moment, honestly, because like I kind of nailed my knees and then the rock that I was on was at a slant. So I kind of rolled to the side and ended up with my face like overlooking this 30 foot drop. And it really hit me at that moment. I was like, holy shit. Oh, shit. I could like that. That was pretty intense. And um, it really opened my eyes. And I think not only getting injured, but kind of like looking at the reality of the danger of the trail not to like scare anybody from it like but it is one false step and sometimes they could go either direction and I got I got really lucky and uh, like I said my trail family was there and they helped me out and like you know I I don't want to say I dodged a bullet I just think that uh, I was careless in a moment and in that like they helped me out and we kind of it was worked my way down that mountain and ended up in a hostel 
kind of took like about a week off, honestly, man. Oh, yeah. My my knees were jacked up. I was like (laughs) rolling them in duct tape and bandages, whatever (laughs) you can find, man. And like, I think I met this guy, um, man, what was it? Four Pines Hostel. And this, it was amazing. It was like one of the best, like this really, I don't know, amazing, almost magical moment on the trail for me because I was just laid up on a couch, like not going anywhere. And this guy who didn't speak a lick of English, just all German, um, he saw that I was like suffering. My legs were all just duct taped. And he, he just like came over and we almost like mimed this interaction. And I guess he had like medical experience. So he like treated my leg and like oh, wrapped wow. it up real nice. And I was just like one of those, it was almost trail magic S, but more of just like two hikers coming together. And like, we couldn't even speak the same language, but you know, he just helped me out. Yeah. I've been in that spot. Oh, that's awesome, man. That was really cool. And, um, I think going forward from there, I like a lot of my perspective changed because, uh, like a lot of my friends and the trail family kind of moved on. And so I think a lot of my goal was to try to catch up with some familiar faces, but it was like, hundreds and hundreds of miles <laughs> like yeah. i knew it was gonna be a minute so i think that for me at least that's kind of when the trail like virginia blues hit me um just in the like going from such like a i don't know populated and social environment to almost almost completely by myself like it was very weird because even in those like handful of days after that i started ending up at shelters where there was nobody else i was like what like not even day hikers and i would see like one or two people a day and it kind of blew my mind i was like you feel so like it feels so populated at times and then other times you can just be alone in the woods yeah and i think it really hit me there yeah man it's just like i wasn't sure if i was going to finish it and like i knew i was going to slowly heal and um, kind of get back at it but like at what price and how long and it just like everything kind of compiled onto me at that moment and I think I kind of got held up in um, Buena Vista it was a small town like got stuck there during that heat wave like that nailed us like right after that yeah and so I was just like getting bad luck after bad luck for a minute which is honestly is part of the trail and um, tests you and I think like I really rethought a lot of my progress and whether I was going to finish or if, you know, it was time to go home or not. But honestly, like it was it, like we were talking about earlier, it was just like a few text messages from people on the trail and people off the trail that really like made me stick my guns out and like keep going forward. It was just like, why'd you come out here if you're going to finish not even halfway? So <laughs> I think, I think it's like, that's what it hit me, man. Yeah. And like, so I had a bit of the trail, like Virginia blues, but instantly like uh that was actually right when i met you and mullet mike like i went going to the shandos and waynesboro right there yeah um so i was coming off this injury and uh jump in anytime man but like honestly like i i <laughs> don't know if i ever did thank you and mullet mike but i'm going to now because you guys retrained me perfectly to start doing 20 mile <laughs> days and like push me i was like all right i'm gonna keep up with these dudes and like i don't care how that hurts like i'm gonna get back into like the, the hiking mentality and screw this like injury i'm gonna get back at it i want to catch up with people so like yeah you guys like getting in like um like finding new friends in a new trail family was so inspiring honestly and just like you guys had so much energy and like you'd been destroying the trail. I was just like, all right, I'm going to be about this for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny. Uh, Flossie kind of told me the same thing because uh, that's around the time that I met him as well. Um, it was uh, right before Shenandoah. So yeah, I don't know. Like it's kind of interesting hearing uh, both you guys kind of say that separately because for Mullet and I, you know, we were just 
in the middle of our hike. You know, we didn't really do anything too differently before that or after that. You know, we were just kind of cruising. Honestly, I think it's just because we started so late. You know, we were just in the mentality of like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. You know, we kind of felt like we were racing against the clock for at least, I shouldn't speak for mullet, I guess. But for me, I know I felt like that for pretty much the entire way up to Harper's Ferry, even into parts of Pennsylvania, I guess. So I don't know. We were, <laughs> we were just cruising. <laughs> so why don't, speaking of Pennsylvania, why don't we kind of jump back in there? Um, so Pennsylvania, fucking one of the longer states on the trail, but not nearly as long as Virginia. I know I just said a second ago that for me, making it to Pennsylvania, or I said Harper's Ferry, but Harper's Ferry is only a couple days out of Pennsylvania. So making it to like Harper's Ferry, Mason Dixon line, Maryland, that whole, you know, Pennsylvania, that whole section there was like a huge like turning point for me because. Like I said a second ago, up to that point, I had kind of been racing against the clock, or that's at least what I had, uh, that's how it had felt for me, I guess. And after that, I kind of, I feel like I gained like a new sense of confidence. Like I always had a sense of confidence there. You know, I was, I was grinding. I wasn't going to give up. But after that, I was kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm halfway done this thing. A lot of people have told me that when they make it to, you know, roughly the Harper's Ferry halfway area, they're kind of like, okay, well, I've only done half this trail. Like, I still have to redo, in a sense, everything that I just did to get here. Like, I don't know how I can possibly do that. And then there's people that are kind of in the other camp, which I know I found myself in. I was like, fuck yeah, I made it halfway. Like, I'm crushing this shit. Like, you know, I can definitely, you know, keep grinding for uh, another stretch of this. How did you kind of feel when you made it to that like Harper's Ferry, Mason Dixon halfway ish area? Yeah, um, honestly, I think I'm on like kind of more of that second group and with you, man. Like hitting that that halfway point was another one of those eye opening moments. And um, honestly, I, I just stood at the sign like uh, you know they put up that official halfway point sign for 2018 yeah. and. I stood there for a while, man, maybe even an hour. I was just like so like dumbstruck by this idea of how far I had made it. And um, honestly, it was just like extremely empowering. I think I've never felt more empowered than in that moment on the trail for the rest of the day. Even when you finished? Even when I finished, like surprisingly okay. enough. Interesting. Like, it was, it was. And like I wasn't expecting that at all. But for the rest of the day and the rest of the hike and even like into the next week, I just, this sense of, being able to do anything uh i don't know if i'd ever felt that in my life of just like i conquered half this trail and i made it this far so like honestly yeah i felt like i could do anything after that in life like nothing would hold me back after that regardless of whether it's the rest of the trail or whatever else is up ahead like i was doing it that was the day that we did the half gallon challenge together wasn't it it was yeah that was the best way to end that day (laughs) i'm kind of surprised you were so stoked about that because i recall that being a very shitty rainy fucking day (laughs) i know i know it was and i remember it started like pouring eyes right as we were like rolling up to the i was like soaking wet like i literally just <laughs> rolled right up you were there waiting for me just soaking wet and just sitting down and mowing on a half gallon of ice cream outside mind you it's like we were inside where it was like warm <laughs> yeah it's like not the day to eat ice cream either <laughs> no it wasn't fucking classic he, he would always brag about how fast he did the uh, half gallon challenge and i was like dude you did it on like a 90 degree sunny day. So like you pretty much just drank it. I was like, dude, it, it was probably like 60 degrees and I was like soaking wet when I did it. Like there was no way that shit was melting easily. So 
you can fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely a challenge to get through that. <laughs> you you crushed it though. You beat me. What would you do it in like forty minutes? Yeah, yeah. I think it was forty minutes. Yeah, man. I was about it. I was just like, oh, hell yeah, ice cream. Let's go. <laughs> so yeah, we're kind of we're kind of blowing through this. I think I think we did pretty well for not having any script or sort of questions at all. We're almost at an hour here, but still got a few more minutes. So yeah, I'm kind of breezing through this a little bit. But let's go a little bit north of Pennsylvania. At this point, we've split up. You know, uh, me, Mike, right. and some of the other guys. You know, kind of pulled ahead just just a little bit. And take me into, I guess, I'm just going to group like New Jersey, New York, Connecticut kind of together because in my mind they were kind of like a big, sweaty, humid blur. Uh, what was your experience kind of going through that mid-Atlantic part of the trail, I guess? Uh, yeah, mid-Atlantic, man. Um, you know, I was doing really good in that moment. I caught up back with a lot of my people and I knew you guys were up ahead. So it was kind of like another motivation to be like, all right, I can always push for those high 20s, maybe even a 30 and uh, catch up back with Narnar and Mo Mike and Flossie. But um, <laughs> yeah, do you know, it was great. Like, I really liked that section. Um, it definitely felt like a different part of the trail. And I, that sounds so vague, but just in a different environment, a different setting. And you very much felt like you were in the north yeah just by the vibe um but i think in all of that those honestly that does blur a lot together but i think i set those apart kind of by like the new york um area like that the, was it the catskills or kind of like the was that like a uh, more rockier area it was so much fun um i mean i went through it when it was blinding rain but i still loved it oh, every dude i hated moment. that i hated that <laughs> shit oh that makes me like mad just hearing you saying that shit oh that just like the ups and downs like you never like instead of going up like a big mountain and then going down you know it, it wasn't like climbs like that it was just like constant 200 foot climbs you know you go up like really steep then you go down and by the time you've caught your breath from going up the first time, you got to go back up again. I, I don't know how you liked that. That yeah. that bugged the shit out of me. And it was also really hot when I went through there. So that was certainly a, a big factor. But yeah. Oh, yeah, man. No, I mean, I was definitely feeling it. Like, it, it yeah, that was not so much fun. And um, No, I, I don't want to rain on your parade, though. You, no, you no, said, no. You said you liked it. <laughs> Tell me why you liked it. Well, I, I liked it for the challenge, honestly. Like, I was kind of – it was just a moment of something new, like – especially in that rain um we've gone through rain before but not with this sort of terrain at that moment so i think it definitely slowed me down for a while but at the same time was just fun like as many times as i fell on my ass i was laughing the whole time i didn't give a shit <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, I i didn't mind i was gonna i was killed, still moving forward and yeah um honestly like i we um I, I ended up going to new york city and kind of doing that whole little side trip and that was a big moment, I think, for me on the trail of kind of like re-entering society in like a small way, even if it was just for a couple of days. But it was like the most, you know, the biggest city you could jump into yeah. after something <laughs> like that. It's like I remember a moment like landing in um, the train station and I was just like, I think in the first five minutes of being in New York, I'd seen like 10 times more people than I had in the previous oh, months. Yeah. It was insane. and. I think it was overwhelming, but I was going to ask like, yeah, like, how did that feel like going from, you know, living in the woods for so long to all of a sudden just smack dab in the most heavily populated city in the entire country? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Overwhelming, but, um, I was good with good people and having a good time. So I think that kind of balanced it out. But yeah. honestly, like 
I didn't feel a part of that society in a weird way. I felt very like as an just, outsider. Yeah, like watching it from the outside, kind of like this is just a like a break, a vacation for me, I guess. Yeah, vacation from your vacation. Honestly, um, like I remember a specific moment while I was sitting there in some dumb cafe and like talking to my other trail friends and just being like, I, I probably said the most foolish thing I had ever said on the trail, and I got like way over cocky and confident in myself. I was like oh man like we're almost done this last section of the trail it's just gonna be cruising and chill and I, like i've learned everything i need to learn i <laughs> i've gone through every struggle i need to go through like no problem and i gotta say like probably the hardest things were up ahead oh yeah <laughs> and that smacked <laughs> For me sure. in my face like hard <laughs> so i mean it was great and it was it was good to be like feeling like I belonged out there and that confidence, but at the same time, it was like almost raining on the other side. And I think the trail kind of slapped me around a little bit after that, in a good way, honestly, and put me back in my place. Yeah, so I guess continuing north up the Appalachian Trail, you know, you start to get into, you know, like Connecticut, Massachusetts, you know, southern New England area. I guess some people would even group Vermont in there, but I can't do that because Vermont's just a whole section by itself for me, obviously. But, um, uh, like, how did you feel, like, as you, you kept going? Like, what was kind of troubling you, I guess? Like, what when did that, like, adversity start to kind of show its head? I think I kind of got confident around, I mean, not confident, but um, complacent around that time um, in a way that it wasn't doing, like, the biggest miles and kind of, like, taking a little bit slower, but more enjoying the moment. And I got pretty lost in that in a good way honestly like it was yep. it was really nice to be able to do you know don't be as much about the miles and be more about them smiles dude like <laughs> <laughs> you come up with that on your own that's a good one. Oh yeah all by myself <laughs> but um really it was it was kind of probably the most relaxing part of the trail if i gotta be honest like i kind of wrap it up in the idea of um, upper goose ponds uh i don't know if you made it there did you stop there? I didn't stop there. No, I, I, that's one of my, I don't want to say regrets, but I, I'm going to go back someday and stop there for sure. Because I, I was in the middle of like a day I blew right by it. But yeah, I remember, I remember the intersection and everything. Yeah. Hi, highly recommend it, man. Cause like that was that moment, especially I took a half day in there and I don't know. It was amazing, man. It was just it felt like a full vacation. I think it really like sunk in like the vibe of new England and just like being on this lake and the, the, the seasons are beginning to change, but you still get that last swim in, in there and canoeing and just, just hanging out in that vibe of like oh, hiker yeah. life and community. And so I was very relaxed at that time of the hike. And I think that it kind of like picked up after that when I got too complacent. It was like, shit, am I going to make it? <laughs> like, but it was almost, it wasn't like a scary thing. It was just more of like do i want to be walking in december <laughs> you know yeah like, i knew i was gonna finish but by when and so i think you know honestly that was kind of one of the things that i think put me into a spot to where uh maybe i had more trouble or like you know you get knocked down by something like the whites and you're going into that and like i might be getting a little ahead of myself but like those were like more of the challenges was kind of that and just going into like southern you have these destructive mountain range the trail and the Hoosick notch and you have all these things that just like on a daily basis are just like throwing you down and challenging you on a whole new level and i think that had something to do with like kind of my statement back in new york was that 
uh, as much as I knew the whites were ahead, I didn't think it was going to throw anything at me that I hadn't seen necessarily. But mm. that was like definitely overconfidence and <laughs> being naive, but almost in a good way because then I got to the whites and it was like, cool, I am being challenged and yeah. this is a harder section. It's a little bit more dangerous and you really have to be on point and on top of your stuff. But that, I, I loved it, man. Like the whites, like most people, is some of my favorite spots. It's just a whole new world. Like, yeah. unlike anything you could imagine. I don't know. It's, it's amazing out there and you really feel it at that time. I'm always kind of curious getting other people's like perspective on the whites, especially in the context of an entire through hike, you know, after you've seen all this different terrain uh, up to that point, because I had hiked pretty extensively in the whites, you know, even before I'd set out to hike the Appalachian trail. So I knew like what I was, you know, going to get going through there, but it's always kind of interesting hearing people's thoughts about the whites that had never, I guess, hiked through there before and, and how it kind of compares to, the rest of the trail if you can even compare it to the rest of the trail honestly true yeah it's uh it is hard because like you know that um what is it what's that first mountain um musalak musalak yeah musalaki honestly i've done that mountain twice now and i still don't even know what uh <laughs> <laughs> what the right pronunciation is but yeah <laughs> no but you know you start climbing up that mountain and honestly it felt like any other one and then it keeps going up yeah you just don't up. stop you're just like all right it's about time for me to hit the summit and you don't and then that's when you're like all right shit this is the white and then <laughs> how about going down that shit dude honestly i oh. think i think the climb down musalaki so going north on the appalachian trail that's i think it's called the beaver brook trail yeah it's and it goes down to kinsman notch i believe one of the ways that you can get into uh lincoln new hampshire is the town there that descent i think it was only like a mile and a half or two miles but i don't know did that like kick your ass as much as it kicked mine because the first time i did the peak i hadn't gone that way before so like that was surprising i don't know that descent was pretty damn gnarly yeah honestly um that was one of the tougher ones and <laughs> i think uh me and like the people i was hiking with at the moment were like not about it like we had been about it going up we you saw that we were happy to be on top of the summit and they're like cool we'll just you know down this mountain going into town that night like we were very it's taking way longer than usual <laughs> there's yeah. just like hours and hours for like a couple miles and, and correct me if i'm wrong but that was where there was that that waterfall right next to most of the descent right? yeah yeah, yeah. you so could like was... almost fall into do that dude exactly at one point that shit was so sketchy there was some day hikers going up the other like like we were going down and they were going up they were like just like your typical like unprepared day hikers you know, I sound like such an asshole complaining about people hiking again, but, you know, they were, like, wearing jeans and, like, Converse, and, like, they were trying to take their dog up this shit, oh, and man. that, <laughs> thankfully, they ended up turning around because they, we saw him again at the, at the bottom when we came out to the parking lot there, but I was like, dude, like, you cannot take a dog up that shit, like, that's just not safe at all, like, it's hardly even safe to take a person up there, like, I can't imagine, oh, jeez, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you, man, because, like, yeah, that, that descent was brutal. And there was like, you you know, they put those little stair steps in, yeah. the wooden ones and the rebar. And just like, you know, when they go out of their way to kind of help you that it's really hard because <laughs> nobody, the trail does not try to help you at any moment <laughs> out there. Um, so yeah, I was feeling it. I think um, by the end of that day, honestly, it was one of the most exhausting nights. Like, I, I, like when I got down to the end of the mountain and we had a pickup to go into uh, town, 
I don't think I was more destroyed at any other moment. <laughs> like, oh, really? Like, nobody in my group was happy. We were all just trying just to get like, we shit. Were cold. This we is just food. the beginning of the whites, too. <laughs> we were destroyed. Exactly. We were like, all right, we got, like, days and days of this. Like, we might re- need to rethink our plan. And, um, yeah, man, like, honestly, I think that that was kind of the moment where things shook up for me a lot more, too. Not only just, like, the hiking environment, but, like, also the social end of it like that was where i kind of uh, lost a lot more of like our trail families went separate ways for reasons and like it was just another moment where it's like you think you're so solidified at certain times on the trail and i think this really hit home for me because i've been with that trail family for so long that we all like at least for me i had this like this vision of the end you know making it to katahdin and go, like hiking down to that town and going to a bar and clinking glasses of champagne at the end and you've been with these people and these you know you've made these relationships and these friendships and and you really feel it and you just you you know that's how it's going to end and then the trail like anytime you expect something or plan on something like the trail throws you kind of through a different loop i feel like not necessarily bad not necessarily good just a different experience and and for me that was kind of like um an eye-opening experience where it became a lot more about the individual again mm-hmm. um and maybe less about the group but that was good like honestly like there was a lot of transition in uh the whites themselves and like a whole nother side of like this like what i went out there to find you always kind of expect one thing the trail provides maybe something else be better could be worse who knows but it's usually what you need at that time so i yeah. felt like i really got what I needed. Um, and yeah, it wasn't the ending or, you know, it wasn't like everything didn't lead up to the ending. I thought I expected or saw in my mind, but in, in some ways it was better, like honestly. <laughs> and like, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but like, yeah, I got to meet up with you guys and like, you know, around the hundred mile wilderness. And that was amazing. And like it, it ended differently, but like in such a positive way. And like, like I never thought I was going to get to meet up with you and Flossie again. Yeah, and, dude, I could not believe like, Cause the entire time after we got ahead of you, I was like kind of trying to keep tabs on you just based on your Instagram. I was like, Oh, you know, like I hope Pac-Man's able to catch up. And then <laughs> that one time we walked into the shelter. It was, I guess it was, no, no, no. You walked into the shelter. It was after dark at this point. And like, I knew you were in the area because I was following your Instagram. Like I, like I said, but we hadn't seen each other since that day in Pennsylvania, um, out of Duncan in Pennsylvania. So that's a good, Oh geez. That's a good, 800 not it might even be more than 800 but a long a good chunk of the trail for sure and then i see these headlamps come in it kind of woke me up i was like oh who's this asshole coming into the shelter so late at night and then i hear your voice i was like yo pac-man that's you what's good <laughs> yeah dude no that was great and like i remember that like so i was like creeping in i was like trying not to be like that dude at night and then i heard your voice i was like ah fuck it no that's not right. <laughs> loud as i want now he won't care <laughs> exactly and that, no man and even at that moment like it was such an unexpected reunion like like I you know. said i knew you were in the area but like that was another part of like the unexpectedness of the trail like i i i felt like i, I needed that in that moment to like meet up with you guys and it, it provided in such a positive way and um it, i don't know it was great man like like i said unexpected and yet like made such an impact at the end of the hike for me just seeing familiar faces and reuniting with people that you've gone through a struggle with at different sections of the trail yeah. sure but like you still went through some shit and like band of brothers mentality, man. But, um, yeah, dude, I was not expecting to see that. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy, man. 
So who would have guessed that the one episode that I did not prepare for at all turns out to be the longest episode I've ever done? Maybe I should have expected that. Maybe, I, I guess when you get two people together and have them talk about, you know, an experience like hiking the Appalachian Trail, they could probably ramble on for days and days and days, which I guess is kind of the point of this podcast. So I guess on that note, Pac-Man, I kind of want to try to wrap things up. I'm, I'm kind of bummed because like there's still like a lot of stuff that... Like I said, I didn't really plan it out, but there's just kind of a couple things in my head I wanted to get to, uh, mostly kind of talking about our adjustments uh, after the trail. But at this point, we are over an hour, so I think we're going to kind of reel it in a little bit. So last thing I kind of want to say, Pac-Man, is uh, first of all, where can people find you on Instagram if you're interested in having some people from Kyle's little podcast, follow you on any future adventures that you have. Yeah, man. Um, so I got a hiking Instagram all hooked up and they can find me at goldman underscore gone underscore wondering. So that's nice. goldman gone wondering. Cool, man. Um, just real quick here. Last thing I want to say, are there any future, whether it's through hikes or um, any sort of adventures planned for you? Uh, yeah, honestly, man, like I'm about that triple crown, like, uh, straight up. Um, I think after doing one of the three, I just can't imagine not doing it. Um, PCT next, man. Right now the rally cry is 2020. So, oh, nice. You've even got a date or or not a date, but a year already. That's that's awesome. dude. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm also thinking about doing it in the next couple of years. I'm not going to commit to a certain year yet, but you know, I'm, I'm right there with you for sure, dude, for sure. Yeah. And like, honestly, man, like it's something that I went out there and expected to do just the AT and have that experience, but something inside of me got woken up and honestly, I'm going to be hiking for the rest of my life now. Oh, for sure. I always feel like when it comes to somebody who does their first through hike, there's the people that start a through hike and don't make it very far, or even they make it far, but for whatever reason, you know, they can't complete the the trail they can't finish their through hike and i feel like those people will generally say that like they had a good experience but they're probably not going to ever do it again and then there's the people that finish and i feel like the majority of the people that finish a through hike whether it's the at or any other long distance trail will definitely tell you that they are going to do another one sometime in the near future probably i don't know that's that's my experience at least but um I am in that same boat as well. Cool. But what's the next hype for you, man? Dude, I don't know. Like probably the PCT, honestly. I mean, I've got some shorter, some shorter like hikes planned for, you know, just things I can do while I'm still working full time. Actually, yeah, Flossie and I are doing the Foothills Trail in South Carolina, which is like an 80 mile trail. We're probably going to be doing that at the end of April, beginning of May kind of ish time period. So that's my next immediate hike. But PCT sometime in the next couple of years. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to send it for sure. <laughs> nice, man. I'm about it. I like it. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Well, Pac-Man, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got. Thank you for listening, everybody. It's been awesome uh, having me. Thanks a lot, dude. No problem. Don't hang up. Uh, but yeah, we're going to sign off now. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 10 of Trail Tales. Go leave a review smash that subscribe button all that good stuff uh yeah just thanks for listening everybody have a good one